630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Good to have you tuning in tonight inside sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio 630 Chad. 13 minutes left in the third. Sabres and Coyotes are tied 2-2. Later tonight, the Panthers up against the Canucks. Monday night football. How about this? Miami. Uh, how about the Morley? What's going on with the Steelers? Oh man, I was so worried about this game. You do not want your team to be the first team that loses to the Miami Dolphins. Or the Cincinnati Bengals for that. 14-0. Dolphins lead Pittsburgh early in the third quarter. Uh Pittsburgh. Two and four on the season. Yep. Have not had, it's been like over a decade since they've been below 500 for a year. Yeah, they've been pretty consistent. Yeah. But they've always had a quarterback in those seasons. Well, that, right. That's <laughs> the issue here. But they were still picked to beat Miami tonight. Well, we'll see. The game's not over. Hey, but that's where they hole. play the full 60 minutes. They're right? in a hole. And uh, the Raptors up 62 48 against Orlando with uh, 647 left in the third quarter. Morley, you're popping back in. Uh, we got Blake coming up here in a second. You're popping back in uh, 7.30. Jason mm-hmm. Moss. Jason Moss and the Coach's Show for Jiffy Lube coming up. Okay. Lots to talk about. It's kind of, it's a weird couple of weeks because, you know, you, you got to say all the right things. We want to win, we want to win, but you also want to get ready for the playoffs. You don't want to sacrifice games to get ready for the playoffs because right. you still want to win. So it is, but it's a weird situation the Eskimos are in. Um, having no chance to move up or down the standings in their final two games of the year, and they're locked into going to Montreal. So. All right, looking forward to the coaching show, right. buddy. See you then. All right, and we will bring aboard. Say hi to Blake for me. Oh, well, he's he's right here. As uh, Oops, i got to click this first. Uh, Blake Durbin, our Eskimos analyst and, of course, former player for the team. Blake, sorry about that. A little uh, human error on my part, bringing you onto the, onto the show. How are okay. you doing? I'm good, thanks. Uh, good, good. Good to, t- good to talk to you. i got to ask you something first here before we dive into the Eskimos talk. Miami and Pittsburgh are playing Monday Night Football. They played a game in 2007 that ended 3-0 in some of the muddiest, soupiest conditions you've ever seen. Look, you're a Canadian football player. You've told plenty of stories about playing in the cold. Do you have a, a, a mud or wet field condition memory that stands out? Oh, yeah, a couple of them, but they, not at the pro level because typically the fields are in decent shape. But, but certainly in college, uh, I remember playing uh, in the Atlantic Bowl against Acadia University my first year in university with the Golden Bears, and uh, it, was, it was unbelievably muddy in that game. And, uh, and then we played in the Vanier Cup game, in 1980 uh, and and 81, it was it was it was so muddy that uh, you you could hardly tell the difference between the uniforms by the time the game was over. Oh, jeez. That's so. What's it like? Uh, you know, hitting the ground, or, or I assume you're consuming mud and in liquid and just <laughs> feel. I mean, I know football players are tough, but you must kind of feel gross, like beyond just the usual feeling of being sweaty and maybe bloody. Well, you know, it's it's uh, it, it it beats being really really cold 
or really hot. Um, the, the one thing I always liked about playing in poor conditions, I was talking about this the other day uh, on the pregame or before the pregame, was the, that I loved playing in those kinds of games where it was either really wet or really cold or really sloppy because what it does to the skilled players, it would always bring them to my level. <laughs> so, <laughs> it would slow them down. So I didn't mind that. And, and uh, you know, you, you, growing up, that's kind of playing in those kind of fields is what you, what you were used to. Uh, today's athlete plays on that field turf a lot. And rarely did they even have a chance to play in, in uh, on natural grass. Right, which, yeah, sure, artificial turf would. No, if artificial turf was wet, what was it any different? Not really, no. no. You, you, you wore the same kind of shoes. It might be a little bit slippery, uh, but the, the stuff that they play on now has has so many, uh, uh, like it's so deep with sand and, uh, and rubber pellets that it, it really uh, helps the drainage. Now, it can be a little bit slippery, and of course the balls get slippery and, and that kind of stuff. That always is a little bit of a challenge for the quarterbacks and hanging on to the balls, but, but the reality is it doesn't change the field conditions a whole lot, um, regardless of the weather nowadays. Speaking of quarterbacks, Trevor Harris returned for the Eskimos after missing five games with the arm injury. How would you assess his play overall, Blake? I thought I thought he played pretty well. You know, he uh, um, he a little bit little bit of trouble. I mean, I, we talked to him after the game, and he said he thought he started slow, but you know, after that that first series where he went deep, and and uh, it didn't look like there was any kind of thing holding him back. But he was saying that he felt a little bit nervous, and he wasn't sh- as confident in his arm. But by the end of the game, he said his arm felt really good, and he said it actually felt better after the game than it did during the game. So I thought that. Uh, that uh, his uh, performance was uh, was pretty good considering five games that he was uh, that he sat on the sidelines and and the other thing is that um, you know when I talked about their they kind of struggled a little bit in the third quarter and and uh, and and that's where the game turned for them so uh, from that standpoint they didn't get a full solid effort out of the whole team for 60 minutes but uh, it, it wasn't a terrible outing com- considering the uh, you know everything that's been talked about was that they couldn't improve their position in the standings and uh and they uh you know they this game didn't mean as much to them as, as saskatchewan did however you can never go into a game as a professional athlete thinking that this game doesn't mean anything and uh, i think you know, at the end of the day when you lose a game as close as they lost this game they uh it's it's going to be extremely disappointing when you consider the fact that they really haven't beaten a team with a winning record this year well and they haven't really beaten a team where they've fallen behind except for the the second game of the year where they fell behind early against BC. They, they recovered in that one, and they took control of the game. Now, they've won a couple of games where the other team has tied it, and then they've got the next score. But that's been an ongoing issue for me. I, I mean, look, it, it, if, I just, if I just went and watched Saturday's game without having followed any other parts of the season, I would have left saying, well, that was a pretty entertaining football game. Both teams did a lot of good things. Both teams made some mistakes. Saskatchewan was a bit better at the end. But for the Eskimos... It's a trend, Blake, that when they, and I've said this to you several times this season, when they fall behind even by three, it, it feels like it's 13. You know what I mean? Like they, and when Saskatchewan went up even, even 21-17, I felt like, oh, no, how are, how are they going get, to get back in it? Like they, they just have these, this is what I've always said, Blake, they, they can't counterpunch. They, they can't trade blows with a team. Like, it seems they'll have a 10 to 20-minute part of a lot of games, especially against these good teams, where they just get wiped out. And then it's that chunk of the game that is often the difference in the end. Yeah, and it, it seems like in, in every game that they've lost close or to, to teams that they were in against good teams, 
Uh, and there's been an awful lot of really close games that we've talked about. Uh, you know, excluding the, uh, the the game against Hamilton, where Hamilton won on that uh, field goal off the goalpost uh, uh, when they were down 24 nothing. True, you know, they, I mean that's right. They came back in that one. Yeah. Yeah, but. Uh, but I mean, really, in the second half of that game, that's a different team you're playing against because you're up 24 nothing. It's 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 a natural thing to have a little bit of a mental letdown. Now, I, and I, you know, credit to the Eskimos that they continued to fight back. But but and and had they won that game, you know, you're you're never going to question, you never criticize a win. But uh, that was one of those games where they they seemed to. It looked like they were going to start out really quick, but there's always a lapse in the games against the good teams where they're in it and then. They're not in it, and we said this, you know, in the Labor Day game when it was a relatively close game in the game against Calgary uh, earlier in the in the season, where they definitely had a chance to win. They there was at times in that game where you never felt like they were going to win, even though the game was really close. They, it was like you said, they they didn't have that ability, or that I don't know if it's a mental toughness to be able to punch back, to counterpunch, and and that is they they are so close. You know, I mean, they're they're a team that's sitting at eight and nine and. They, uh, with a little bit of luck, they could have easily been a team that's, uh, you know, uh, a lot better off than that, like a, 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 a 11 and 6 even, just be- with some of those close games had they been able to win them. Blake Dermot, Eskimos analyst, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, Eskimos will wrap up the regular season Saturday against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how they approach that one. I mean, the Riders win, they get first, so they're going to come out firing once again. I, I you know, and I, there's been some, already some some reporting that it could be a game where you see the starters for a half, and then the Eskimos say, "Okay, let's not risk anything here going into a playoff game the following Sunday." Well, I don't know how Saskatchewan can do can can you know go into that game with that kind of mindset. Because, no, no, that the Eskimos would do that. The Eskimos oh, the Eskimos certainly. Yeah, well, yeah. the thing about it is, though, is that. Um, <laughs> With the competitors that that you know, coaching staff and whatnot with the Eskimos, I I can't see how they would um, not want to win that game when they need some sort of momentum and they have to be able to prove to themselves or to to, to the rest of the league that that they can beat the good teams and especially when a game matters and this game definitely matters uh, for Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan has to win this game because they play before uh, Calgary BC and I you know I mean obviously I think Calgary's got a, a great opportunity to finish in first but there is still this opportunity for Saskatchewan to finish first so they've got to play well and I want to play against a team that's playing at their peak if, if especially if if I'm if I'm in the Eskimos locker room and and needing that confidence going into playoffs for them to make any kind of a run They've got to be able to prove to themselves more than anybody else that they can win against good teams. All right, I'm going to throw a couple other ones at you, Blake. I had Jamie Nye on the show last week. Used to work here at 630 Chad, now with CJME Radio in Regina. He gets to vote in the CFL awards. And I said, would you vote for Andrew Harris for MOP? And he said, no way. Of course, Harris was suspended for two games earlier this year for uh, using a performance-enhancing substance. Um, would you be comfortable if he won that award or were a nominee? Absolutely. I, I think that, uh, I mean, from, from what I understand, from what the, uh, the reports that, that I've heard, um, and I don't want to get into them, it, it was certainly something that was not a planned, not a, um, uh, let's just say it wasn't something that he was targeting for perform, to, to perform on the football field. And, uh, and it was, it was a, uh, uh, I guess uh, a substance that he took um, was uh, he was unaware of the, the ingredients. Now that's not an excuse 
But that's a whole lot different than a guy jamming a bunch of stuff into his veins to try to make them better. And, uh, and, and the reality is is that he had, he, at that point in the season, he was already leading the league in rushing. He was already the top guy in the MOP conversation when that happened. And then shortly after that, the, his, uh, his uh, levels were back to normal. So it wasn't something that was a planned and long-term program to keep him healthy. It was, it was a mistake. <clears throat> and when somebody has done what he's done this year, I think that, uh, that he deserves the nomination for MOP and certainly top Canadian. Hamilton's won 14 games. They might win 15. Saskatchewan lost their starting quarterback 30 or a minute 30 into the season and uh, had, had a new head coach and lost Willie Jefferson, who was excellent. Montreal changed coaches and GMs right at the start of the season. They're in the playoffs. Who's the coach of the year, Blake? Well, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, uh, but when you look at what Hamilton has done, um, you know what they what they've been able to do. Uh, Fourteen wins, uh, uh, best in the history of their organization, with an opportunity to win fifteen. I can't see how you don't lean towards the Tiger Cats and their coaching staff, and of course their head coach. I, I just can't see how you do that. Now I know I know Dickinson's done a fantastic job in Saskatchewan, but uh, but my vote would certainly, and I don't have a vote, but my vote would certainly be with the with, Tiger Cats. With Steinauer, yeah, yeah. Was, and, and Hamilton. I mean, pretty pretty impressive, and they've. I mean, they're not messing around. I mean, they they crushed Edmonton, okay. They crushed Ottawa, not that hard to do. They crushed Winnipeg in a game, yeah. like 33-13. You know, like they, they've, I mean, sure, they have some close wins, but they have some had some games where they have gone out there and said, like, we're not messing around. They they got a ton of talent. And one thing that I, especially that game they beat, well, both games against Edmonton, but especially the one they beat Edmonton pretty badly, like they got speed, and and we often say when we're talking about the Eskimos, well, why do they run all these short passes? Well, Hamilton runs a lot of short passes, but they got guys that can just burn with the ball once they get it. Absolutely, uh, they're they're as solid a team in the league as there is. They are uh, they've they've been consistent even with the loss of you know preseason uh, MOP candidate uh, Masoli. They. Uh, they, the receiving core, albeit small, but you're right, have a speed to burn. Their special teams are really strong, and their defense, their secondary is outstanding. Um, you know, and uh, you know, special teams, of course, uh, they've 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 really. Uh, when when you got a quarterback that goes in who hasn't really had a whole lot of starts, Dane Evans had a, hasn't had a lot of starts coming into this year, and uh, you know, guy that's been around a little bit. I think he's been around for about four years prior to this. He's really learned his craft. And there was a little bit of uh, trepidation early in the year about how he came in and had a, 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 he threw a fair number of interceptions compared to touchdown passes. But he has really matured, and that offense is his right now. And Orlando Steinhauer has got that, that, that whole team just buzzing. All right. I'd probably vote for Kahari Jones just because Montreal was such a look to be such a mess before the season, and he just seems... Like they just go out there and play. Like they're just chucking the ball around. They're like sometimes it's a disaster for Montreal, but when they get rolling, they they really get rolling. Rolling, and I think Jones is a big part of that. But it's hard to argue with the coach of a team that's probably going to have 15 wins by the end because they play Toronto. Uh, and you know what? Weekend. You know, uh, uh, Kahari Jones would be a great choice when you consider what that team went through. You know, as you mentioned, firing their head coach and then the general manager's gone. Uh, game three into the season, I think it was, and. Uh, 
and and he has had to pick up the pieces and take a team that nobody nobody said was going to be any good. Everybody said how awful Montreal was going to be, and what they've been able to do over the course of the season has has been just an outstanding job. And the thing about it is, is Kohari Jones is a, is a nice guy. You know, everybody likes him. Uh, his players like him. He's done a great job with his with his uh, organization, and he's brought a little bit of fire back to that city, which was after you know Anthony Cavillia years. It just kind of really took a dip, and uh, there's a little bit of a buzz in Montreal surrounding that team. Blake, always love having you on the show. Wish I had more time, buddy. We'll do this again next week. Thanks, Reed. Appreciate it. Blake Dermott, our Eskimos analyst here on 630 Ched. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classic Spun with a modern twist. Blake only gets one gift certificate at a time, because if I gave him more, there'd be no chicken left for everybody else. Back after the break. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. All right, thank you very much for tuning in tonight. Oilers Red Wings tomorrow, four o'clock face-off show game at 5:30. The Oilers did not practice today. Flew to Detroit for the game. I'm going to guess Miko Koskinen is in goal tomorrow. That's certainly uh, what I would do. He has been the better goaltender this year, but I think pretty apparent that the two guys are going to split these back-to-back games as they play again against Columbus on Wednesday. This portion of the show, presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference, your furnace replacement specialist. With over 500 five-star Google reviews, call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. 14-3, Dolphins leading the Steelers with two minutes left in the first half. In the NHL, two minutes left in the third period. Coyotes in a 2-2 tie with the Sabres, though Arizona has a 42-24 advantage in shots on goal. Later tonight, the Canucks are home to the Panthers. And uh, NBA this evening, the Raptors looking good. Start of the fourth quarter, up 81-67 on Orlando. Mentioned earlier, U of A Golden Bears going to Saskatchewan to face the Huskies in a Canada West semifinal on Saturday. We'll have a member of the Golden Bears on later this week. The Edmonton Huskies junior season ended in the championship game against the Saskatoon Hilltops yesterday. Hilltops won it 30-14. Oil Kings. Oil Kings are 10-1-3, by the way. They've won five in a row in the Western Hockey League, have the best record in the WHL. They will host Saskatoon on Friday. Blues forward Vladimir Tarasenko out at least five months going to need surgery on his left shoulder. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, studio producer this evening. Dave Campbell is the producer of Inside Sports. Jason Moss, Morley Scott up next with the Eskimos Coaches Show. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate that you tuned in. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.